Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Arizona Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in our team. Do you believe? My name is Eddie Law, and my co-host, as always, is former Arizona Wildcats corner number five in your programs. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Shaq Richardson. How's it going there, Shaq? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's good? What's good, Eddie? How you doing? It's going good. Pretty good, man. I know you're over. You're you're over in the in, in the north. What do they call it? The uh, we I know I know Toronto likes to say we the north, but the Toronto yeah. Raptors. I know, I know you in, you in a big city, man. How you feeling there? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Toronto's been showing me a lot of love, so you know I'm uh I'm excited to be here. Uh, man, I've been watching uh, the Wildcats from afar. You know, it's, it's been looking too good though. Yeah, I mean, three-game losing streak. I mean, a couple – honestly, a couple games we should have won. If not all of them, at least a couple we should have won. But, uh, you know, and then and, and a game this weekend, we could definitely talk about that 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 no matter what we've done so far, like we, this this weekend is definitely winnable. But we'll definitely hit that here in a second, folks. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy the show, please help us out by hitting that subscribe button on your favorite podcast outlet, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Luminary, and TuneIn. Uh, leave us a rating if you'd be so kind. And you could also find us at Believe.com. So on today's episode, we are definitely talking this three-game losing streak. We are definitely talking uh, coach, uh, you know, coach firing that, that didn't surprise a lot of people. Honestly, we all think about it. But, you know, they kind of you know, threw a little shockwaves as far as the program goes and, and uh, with recruits and all that. And then, of course, at the very end of the show, we are going to talk about this, this NCAA – thing where they 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 want to you know they're saying yeah sure you know athletes can make money off their likeness and their image and their name and everything but there's a couple little things in there that i'm a little worried about i like the overall picture about that though let's just start there definitely definitely all right so let's talk man three game losing streak and 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 it's sometimes it's it's weird because a couple you know for one week it's the offense can't get their stuff together and the defense is playing you know lights out and then they Mm -hmm. switch roles and this last weekend in the first half we give up 31 points and then the defense, you know, shows up in the second half, but by then, you know, the offense can't score any points. What are you thinking about this team right now? Oh, uh, well, I'm thinking that, you know, it's kind of a – honestly, it's kind of a pattern for Arizona. You know, start off hot and, uh, you know, maybe not step up to the challenge consistently, consistently every week. Uh, I remember a year we went like 7-0, and then lost five straight uh, under Mike Stoops. But I think uh, we've got to break some of these bad habits. I mean, I know we, we've had a lot of injuries also um, – on our team, a lot of injuries. We need to we need to uh, recruit some some talented backups, some talented depth. You know, when, when one person gets hurt or somebody's not in or doing their job, the people that come in need to be better than the people that that they're replacing. You know, and we're not getting that really. Right, right, and and you know, like you said, the injuries and everything. I mean, as soon as JJ Taylor went out, you know, we tried this whole you know running running game by by you know by committing and all that, and and it wasn't doing it wasn't bad but it wasn't doing you know jj taylor numbers right like him by himself he kills it i mean this last weekend he has 16 carries 107 yards coming off an injury is pretty good oh yeah he's definitely a prospect isn't he like a fifth-year senior or something like that something like that i mean he's he's pretty much done i think yeah yeah so i'm I'm excited to see you know where he lands in the you know this new wave of drafting running backs early in the draft and you know uh, using them while they're young and fresh like he is He's a good running back. Right, right. And then, you know, the run game, at least for the Stanford game, for example, was, was you know, it was, it was not bad, honestly. 16 for 107 for J.J., Khalil Tate, 9 for 103 and a touchdown. But it, it was as weird as far as the quarterback, uh, quarterback uh, you know, position is concerned. 
uh, Sumlin went with two quarterbacks, man. Now, I think, and in fact, I think you talked about it a couple we episodes ago. We about it. We, right. we talked about it a long time ago, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you brought it up first, and I was kind of, I thought about it. I was like, ah, oh, but really, Khalil Tate Sr., do you really want to do that? And, you know, it, for the first half, it didn't do too bad. Khalil Tate, you know, overall, Khalil Tate, 205, two touchdowns and two interceptions, and then that one uh, touchdown on the, on the ground. Grant Gannell was 7 for 7, 68 yards and a touchdown. It almost looks like, and you can speak to this as far as, you know, defensive players concerned, when you go in with two different quarterbacks, the defense don't know what to do at that point. They need to, like, change on the fly, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to you gotta just evaluate. You got to be prepared. If you're not prepared for a whole new brand new quarterback, you know, you're not going to uh, be keyed on the right things. Uh, I think Gannell did a good job in his, uh, his short time that he was in. Uh, like I said, like a few weeks or maybe like, Three or four weeks ago, we should have mm-hmm. went back to a uh, went to a um, a two sitting quarterback just because you know Tate had been lacking. He's a big play guy. You know he makes a lot of big plays, but he also makes a lot of mistakes in the past game. You see those two interceptions, the fumbles, uh, and Ganell. You know he he does really well with uh, in the past game, but he doesn't have that special you know talent uh, as far as explosion that uh, Tate has. So why not use why not use you know both players? Why not use Whatever, whatever it helps the team win, you know, in whatever situation it is, gotta gotta mix it up and and put even if you just put a little pressure on uh, Tate, you know, he might he might uh, kickstart and and realize you know that he has to tighten it up. I think uh, I think two quarterback system, I think it might it might help us and it might uh, be good for our future, you know, getting Gunnell some of those uh, reps in the season for next year. Right, right, and I mean as far as the rest of the season goes, I I mean we just want to see progress at this point, right? I mean. We lose that first one in Hawaii week one or week zero, whatever they're calling it these days. And then we rattle off four straight wins. I mean, like you said, we're feeling good. Arizona's on the come up. Then we hit that Washington game. And that was, you know, we lose that 51-27. The USC game was still, I can't believe we lost because we should have been able to beat USC. 41-14. And then, uh, again, this 10-point loss to Stanford. Another game that we should have won. They didn't even know who their starting quarterback was going to be until literally game time. You saw KJ Costello walking into the field. And, uh, uh, you know, basically throw it all over the place however he wanted. Dude had yeah. awesome numbers, three, 31 for 44, 322 yards and three touchdowns. We made that dude look like an all-star. Yeah, so it's basically, it's basically not about – it's not about, you know, the other team. It's about the Wildcats. It's about right. what we're doing. Like, um, we, we haven't been, you know, playing up to our potential or rising up to the challenge like we should. I, I guess that's why they made some coaches changes because we did have some uh, – we did have some big plays and some things that we felt like we could have built built on during the year, or during the beginning of the year with those four wins. You know, we had some strengths that we should have, we should continue. We shouldn't just fall off the map. You know, like turnovers just fell off the map, uh, our interceptions from corners fell off the map, injuries, whatever the case may be. Guys have a big game, have a terrible game, or or not, or not live up to that same, to that same you know potential that they were showing us. I think that's a that's a testament to. I don't know what it's a testament to. Honestly, you know, I see they, I see they changed the coach, but we'll see if that makes a difference. Um, we need players. We need players that will, will not change the culture, but you know, uh, stay strong in those hard times, like a like a losing streak or like mm-hmm. a one game, you know, two game losing streak. And uh, we got to find those guys. We got a couple of those guys, but we need a team full of those guys. Right. A lot of times it's the upperclassmen that can actually keep that together, right? Like those guys that have experience, you know, juniors and seniors that well, if you have a team, it. right, maybe a team full of those guys, though, like be, those are some, what's that? No, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that I don't want to disagree with you, but I think right, right. 
it could be a freshman, it could be a senior, it could be anybody that's willing to not back down from the challenge. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, it doesn't have to be an upperclassman. Uh, sometimes the upperclassmen upperclassmen get used to losing. Honestly, you know, mm-hmm. they get used to it. they get they get into the flow of how things are. They're okay with losing or okay with losing uh, close games. If you get some, not not saying get some different guys, but it, the younger guys that may come from a winning high school or you know have had sex have had success in their career, mm-hmm. they uh they they come and they're ignorant to the fact that you know that we're supposed to lose to a certain team or you know SC is SC they don't really care about that you know so it can, it can come from anybody I'm just you know waiting to see who who is coming from and our next recruits for next year I'm not moving on to next year this fast but. You know, we we do need some uh, some upgrades as far as athleticism and elite talent that we've been missing. Right. I mean, and, and you know, in college football, recruiting is like the thing. I mean, you you can't just sign guys like in the NFL, for example. But you know, you got to recruit these kind of guys. And a lot of these kids coming up from high school, they're not used to losing at all. So it's kind of weird to see them come into this program and then kind of adopt that kind of that kind of like, well, we're going to lose anyway type of uh, type of attitude, right? Well, well, it's a it's a fact that um, losing is not winning. When you win all the time, mm-hmm. you might not know how to battle through adversity, you know, because it's been so easy. Right. So when you do but when you do battle adversity, you don't know how to overcome it. So losing can teach you a lot of things. Actually, if you did lose in, in high school or learn how to get through a hard time, or if a team takes a loss that they shouldn't lose, you know, and then like uh, they they come in or they have that fortitude and that mindset that oh, we've been here before. And we know how to get out of this situation, you know. Right, right. So, folks, we we can't forget that Kevin Sullivan took over in 2018, right? So he hasn't been around very long. So a lot of these guys, I mean, and, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of these guys aren't guys that he recruited, right? The guys that are on the team right now. I mean, right. Gannell followed him from from Texas A&M, and so that's kind of like the one guy we you know that we know of that 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 you know has someone's name attached to it. You know, what do you think of someone like of what you know of him? What do you think of him as as a recruiter? Oh, well, you know, we got some good young players. I think uh, Chris Rowland Hollins has been uh, a, a potential, uh, potentially, uh, you know, uh, athletic, talented uh, corner that will be able, that will grow once he starts making, you know, the young, the young, you know, football player mistakes, the freshman mistakes or whatever. But uh, like like you said, it's it's like if he, he's only had one, uh, one year of uh, recruiting, basically, <laughs> one full year of recruiting, he always got. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you know he how how he's slated to do next year because you know the year's still going. Like you know, I, I know they have the rankings and everything, but he has only had one uh one year recruiting. So um, you got to give uh something a lot more time to have you know a few classes in so you can get the uh, type of player that we want to recruit from California, from Texas, from Florida, mm-hmm. you know, all the places where you got some uh big name big name uh talent that come out of. Uh, and we can't miss out on some of those big guys, you know, four or five star recruits that just had that uh, that uh, that commanding space, you know, about them on the football field. Right. And you were talking about Christian Roland Wallace and, you know, the, the uh, I mean, on the year. First of all, he's a freshman from Palmdale, California, 19 tackles, one interception, two pass breaks. I mean, or pass deflections. But the, the you know, the defensive, you know, the, as far as the DBs go. Like word is that he's like the like the guy to look for look forward to right for the next couple of years. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard he's very talented, very athletic. You know, I was um I was actually had a lot of praise for uh Whitaker and mm-hmm. um 
Number two and number, uh, what's the other kid's number? Um, number two and number 17. What was the name again? Right. So uh, the number 17 is, I believe that's Jace Whitaker. And number two is uh, um, is uh, Lorenzo Burns. Yeah, Lorenzo Burns. Those, those guys were, they came out the season hot. They were playing well, getting turnovers, giving up uh, big plays. But they were, uh, I thought they were our best corners at the time. They were starting. They were getting interceptions. But, uh, you know, they've been injured. Uh, and they uh, can't really uh, compete at a high level that they were competing early in the season. So uh, one of the things, like you say, recruiting, like uh, I think uh, Jay, I think uh, Chris Rowland's a little bigger sized athlete, you know, to be yep. able to to be able to withstand a whole season. Um, like things like that matter, you know, when when recruiting and when you're getting in guys that are uh, durable, that can you know compete at a high level throughout the whole season, you know. You can be um, talented, quick, fast, you know, whatever the case may be, but you gotta you gotta stay healthy, you know, uh, through the season. So right. we've had we've had that problem um, in our secondary because I've been I seen number um, number thirty seven out there. Uh, he gave up a touchdown last week. I was looking at him. He's bigger body, more more fitted for the run game, but you know he got exposed a little bit in the pass game. But yeah, we need some uh, we need some big frame big frame corners, guys that can withstand, you know. The, the rigors of the season, playing Washington, to playing Washington, playing at Stanford, playing some physical guys. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited for the future with uh with uh Chris Rowland. Mm-hmm. So we just got to see how he uh, finishes this season in this situation that he's in, and see how he does with it, and see how these other players respond back. You know, I know there's some of some are seniors, some are juniors, but we need to take this off season serious. Take the rest of the season serious mm-hmm. and build for next year. hundred percent. And you know Xavier Bell, number thirty-seven. You're talking about. Uh, he only has seven tackles in the season. He's a, he's a big safety, six-two. You know, two hundred some pounds. You know, big dude. Um, you know, but still, you can't be giving up those big plays. And of course, uh, Jace uh, Jace Whitaker is is a senior. So this is last uh, last uh, season here with uh, with the Wildcats. Twenty-eight tackles, three interceptions, five pass deflections. And then, you know, Lorenzo Burns and Jace Whitaker were both kind of like playing at a super high level, right? Burns has 19 yeah. tackles, three interceptions, seven pass deflections on the year. Uh, and and it, But it just seems like the defense overall couldn't get it together, like enough, and at least in this last right. game, right? We saw flashes right. of greatness early on. Right, you know, um, sure, we just, we just had, we got a, well, those guys that were balling like three interceptions, I think I had three interceptions my whole senior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was balling because you know they stopped throwing the ball my way basically i was you know strapping strapping down but like they were they were off to an amazing start you know and just to see that just stop it really just you know just stopped you know and that that was uh discouraging to see uh why they either weren't on the field or weren't as weren't making progress like they should it's still a few games left so as far as their careers are concerned they still have a a lot of um you know room to finish strong. I think we have maybe like, what, five or six games left? Right. Uh, we got to make it to a playoff. We got to make it to a, a bowl game. Damn, like, can't be missing out on bowl games with Sumlin. So, I, I see he made a coaching change. We got to put the players in the right situations, you mm-hmm. know. Like, putting 37 out there, covering slots and all that stuff, that's not that's not putting uh, the player in the right situation. He's a, a bigger safety, you know. He might not be ready or equipped to cover a slot. Uh, man-to-man coverage by itself so things like that are is probably why some of the coaching changes were made and even even the confusion you can see a little bit of confusion on the uh offensive man at the quarterback position you know 
not I, I like the two quarterback system, but someone could take it as indecision, you know, or confusion. Right. When you have two quarterbacks playing. Like we, we need we need like, you know, I'm not saying we need better coaches, but we did uh change a coach. So hopefully, you know, those things uh keep progressing or progress from here on. Right. And you're talking about coaching change. That's Marcel Yates, the defensive coordinator, was uh, was let go, was terminated. And uh, someone was quoted as saying, you know, in the post-game post, uh, post press conference, said, as I, he said, quote, as I evaluate, evaluate where we are, our players have not quit. Our players are playing hard, and I owe it to them to create the best situation I can for them this week, end quote. And taking over for Yates is uh, senior defensive analyst Chuck Cecil. He's a 15-year NFL coaching vet. Um, he's, you know, a big, big, guy, big name in Arizona. All-American yeah. honors as a safety in 1987. I mean, he's got a lot of accolades. And, yeah. you know, he's a DB, he's a safety. This is going to help our, our guy, Roland Wallace. Yeah, I think it is going to help our guy, Roland. I think it's going to help our uh, recruiting, you know, having a, uh, basically a Hall of Fame Arizona Wildcat on the coaching mm-hmm. staff. Uh, that's that's going to help recruiting. That's going to help. Um, I think a lot of these schools sometimes, why we don't necessarily uh, fully compete with other schools, are like the uh, the networking and connections and things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. If we if we if we sold, you know, more of a more of a family type of vibe to where, like, if you come to Arizona, you know, we'll we'll you'll be taken care of, you know. Right. With football, beyond football, if you need work, we'll find you work. You know, if you, we want you to graduate, we want to help you get a job after college. We want to set you up for life after football. We want to, you know keep you in our Wildcat family. You know, I think that that will help, uh, like, the image of our school as far as competing. You know, other schools, you know, they they go to a school and then they get a job, you know, mm-hmm. off, like right after school, you know. Like, we need to do more stuff like that as a university and, and keep our Wildcat nation close together even though they're not in school. Right, exactly. So this weekend, the Oregon State Beavers come to town and uh, – um, I mean, you know, like we were saying, coaching changes and everything. You know, and I, I know you talk to the team and everything. What are they? What do you think they're thinking about this game? I mean, we're already look, we lost three in a row, and we're favorites in this game. Okay, like yeah. this is a must-win game. <laughs> Not necessarily just because of our record. I mean, every game's must-win in college, especially. Yeah. But I mean, this is a must-win game. These okay, like, let's be real. These guys can't play with us. You know what I mean? If you, if you look at their, at their, you know, not necessarily their personnel, but, like, how they put things together, they're ranked, like, way lower than we are in pretty much every single category. Like, we are yeah. supposed to win this game, and we're at home. So, I mean, you know. You sound a little scared. You sound a little scared over here, man. <laughs> I'm a little nervous because I don't like losing. <laughs> Especially, yeah. like, games you're supposed to win. I mean, you've seen right. those teams before, right? The ones that lose the games they're supposed to win and somehow win the games they're not supposed to win. Like, Arizona has a history of doing that, you know, constantly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. And, you know, long, long, long ago. Uh, it's been like uh, five or six years since I've been out of school, you know, yeah. been watching. And when I was in school, you know, uh, we've gotten all hot and then slowed down and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, I th- we, we definitely should win this game. Yeah, we definitely should win every game, but we got to win this game, get, get, get our feet back, you know, in the right direction. Um, I actually been talking to a couple old players, too. <laughs> yeah. And they trying to round up a coaching staff. I'm like, oh, man, that's coaching staff is looking pretty good. You know, Trevin Wade? Mm-hmm. You got Trevin Wade. You know, I think he's trying to uh, to, to get to get this new era uh, Arizona Wildcats. Uh, I think we got a lot of, uh, like like I was saying earlier, with Chuck Cecil coaching. I think if we, you know, welcome back some of the 
uh, old players, you know, on the coaching staff, the smart ones, the talented ones, the ones that know the game, have a passion for the game, and love Arizona football. I think that'll, that'll help a lot, too, because I know a lot of guys um, that went to Arizona that are uh, very, uh, you know, talented, very smart, and they got they, – they know how it is. And, I mean, to, I think, you know, I imagine for, for a young, you know, college football player and Arizona player, seeing those big names come back and coach you, like not only is that, is that like someone you can listen to, but they got credit to their name, right? Like they, right. They, they've been in the shoes and in the jersey you were wearing. So it's just like, you know, like, you know you got to listen to them because you know they know what they're talking about. Right, right. That'll help, that'll help get them in the door, you know, in the first place. You know, we got to get the talented players in the door, but they got to have trust that they're going to be – that their career is going to be managed correctly. That's what that's really what it is, you know. You come to university, they have to manage your career, play you here, play you there, help you finish school, help you focus on, you know, the things you need to focus on while also putting you in the right position on the field. You can come to college and they change your whole position. It could be the best decision. It could be the worst decision. You can come to college and be in the worst decision and then transfer to another school and then, you know, be in the best decision or be in the best situation, you know. Right. So it's like it's it's all about how we manage and see our players, and we gotta uh, we gotta make sure we're putting them in the right in the right position. So you know, some of them making a a change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's uh that's just for the players, you know. That's just basically giving the players some confidence that you know maybe you're not being used right. We gotta use you guys better yeah. because you guys are better than this, and you're working hard, giving a hundred percent effort. So we gotta make sure that we're doing everything that we can do for you guys. Right, and, and getting getting Cecil in there is, is big. Like, you know, his resume speaks for itself. 15-year – I mean, just a 15-year NFL bet, like, alone is is, yeah. is, is, is is huge, especially for young players. That, especially, I mean, let's be, let's be real. A lot of these guys come to college to play football, but also because they want to go to the league. So, yeah, getting – it, it's about It's about, it's about uh, learning the actual game, and it's about connections, you know. Being, being in the league 15 years, you have uh, people that you know. You have coaches that you know. You have – uh, colleagues and, and peers that, that uh, respect your opinion, you know. So going to be coached by guys with uh, good reputations and influence um, will also help your career moving forward, you know, put you put you in even better situations uh, to be successful, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, four games left, man. Four games left on the season. Uh, and, 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 you know, we need as many wins as possible. Oregon State this weekend. Uh, we're at Oregon, Eugene. Uh, next weekend then after that we get and they're number seven number nine rank utah after that at home and then of course that must win like i don't even know why people are downplaying this rivalry but that must win up up in tempe against arizona state like yeah. it, people think we're playing about how how real of a rivalry this is like this is a real rivalry i'll give you an example all right i graduated u of a my girlfriend asu we're already talking trash all right. Like, we've been talking trash all season long. She's like, well, y'all lost three in three in a row and all that. And I'm just like, I don't care. We're going to beat you guys. That's all that matters. I've been, I, I've been up here, I've been up here in Toronto with uh, Alden Darby. He played safety to all four years that I played uh, at uh, Arizona. He was a safety for Arizona state. Mm-hmm. And man, we just go at it, go at it, go <laughs> at it. You can just hear, we're stating facts. You guys are dumb. Uh, you guys are weak and boom, back and forth, back and forth. I already know. No, I'm telling you, like it, it got, it's it's at the point I'm buying tickets to that game up in Tempe. I'm going, like we're going, yeah, and I'm like, there's bets going on. Yeah, there's bets going on. You know, whoever wins, loser has to wear the other, you know, the team's jersey for a week, whatever. We got a lot of things going on, but it's that real with the fans, and you can imagine how real that's going to be with the players. So just get ready, folks, because I know 
weird down year, but at the end, we, we got a nice little little uh, territorial cup to take home back to, to Tucson for sure. Yeah, for sure we do. And I mean, I, I wouldn't even sleep on uh, I wouldn't even sleep on these these few games. You oh, know, no, for uh, sure. Making it making a coaching change that will uh, wake that'll wake some guys up. You know, uh, it might bring the best out of some players. It might it might uh, encourage some players that were being held down, maybe to where that affected their play on the field. I don't know the dynamic of the player coach relationship with the D coordinator at the time. So, um, you know, it, it might, it might, uh, it might open the door for some, some, some players, you know, to step up in a bigger role or have a more, more of a profound effect on the game. Absolutely. And honestly, you know, this might be the perfect time to make a coaching change against Oregon state coming up. So it's, it's definitely something to look forward to. And I mean, why not? Like, look, we're not going to the playoff, right? We just want a bowl game at this point, but, we got two ranked teams coming up whose seasons we can ruin, right? Yeah, and if you can't be – <laughs> exactly. If you can't be the top dog and get to the national title, fine. Let's ruin some people's seasons. Let's, ru- let's, let's right. send some people home. I know. And, you know, um, you know <laughs> facts. But bigger scheme of things, uh, like, you want the Pac-12, you want the Pac-12 to represent well in yep. the playoffs, in the, in the, you know, bowl season. But, you know, uh, they got to get that another week. You know, yeah. they have to – they got to show up and and, be, and and fight us before they think about before I start thinking about the playoffs. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Uh, last thing we're gonna hit on today. So the NCAA came out and, and put out this statement saying that they are now going or they're working on guidelines and bylaws to allow football players, college football players, to profit off of their 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 you know the name, their image, and their likeness off just mm-hmm. off of that right there. What what are your first thoughts? Um, my first thoughts are uh, California has a lot of power. Let's start there. You know, shout out, shout out to the city, shout out to the state, how we uh, change things around like that. I think, uh, I think it's a good thing. You know, it's not, it's not necessarily going to, um, I think it's going to actually gravitate more players to go into bigger schools, like big markets, big market schools, you know, um, because you can make more money off the field just because you have a bigger fan base or whatever the case may be. So um, we got to make sure that we're promoting the athlete as a as as kids, you know, sign up to Arizona because I know that if I'm a five star recruit or whatever, and I'm thinking about planning my career out, if I'm smart, I would uh, go to a, a big school with a big name, has a lot of fans that I could easily make money off the field, you know. Mm-hmm. Instead of instead of having going to let's 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 just say Northern Arizona, to where uh, it's not a lot of it's not a lot of money outside the field on the field or outside the field you know right so I, I, would, I would choose i would be choosing to go to a bigger school to where uh i can start making better career choices early as far as financially and uh, you know stability and just things like that that's also going to be i think i think it's going to just move to more uh first of all the second of all well, i don't know if it's first or second but the ncaa was they folded because they've been stealing money from us, not stealing money, but taking a big piece of the pie from us since the beginning. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have, they didn't even really put up a fight to try to fight it because they already made so much money off of the players to begin with. So there's no point in even fighting after you already have, have hundreds of billions of dollars that you, you know, kept to yourself. Right. But, but yeah, I think, I think it's going to be good for the players as far as uh, money off the field appearances, going to do some book signings, quarterbacks, you know, not everybody's going to get the, not everybody's going to get that money, but just the fact that some, some of the players will, uh, will get that opportunity is great for the players to even get 
a taste of the business side, you know, of football. There's a lot of business that goes on and you don't really realize it until uh, it's taken advantage of you, to be honest, but uh, it's good to, to learn some of these things early. Right. And so, you know, off of the base of it, right? I mean, as soon as the NCAA came out with this, I immediately thought, all right, California got him, right? California passed that that uh, fair pay for play, uh, you know, piece of legislation that, that's going to, you know, that helped push that towards there. So, I mean, okay, so I read this and I'm thinking, all right, you know, NCAA President Mark Emmer and, and the rest of the board clearly see this is inevitable. This is coming. Yeah, so. Exactly. They're trying to put this statement out saying like, all right, we're going to work on this, whatever. But it just, it's, it, the, the wording was weird to me because one of the parts that bothered me was, you know, talking about players can make money after likeness and their image and their name. And they said in a way that remains cons- consistent with the collegiate model. To me, that left it a little too vague. So I would, I would, you know, me personally, if I was, you know, a student athlete or anybody just watching football or, or that, that cares about the NCAA, NCAA football, it's almost like you, you got to like hold up, hold up a second, like hold up, like, what exactly yeah, do you guys mean? You guys got to be clear. Yeah. yeah, consistent with the collegiate model. I don't know what that means either. But but I do know that once uh, – like, if they if they do decide to try to limit and, like, make a loophole to where the athletes make it even harder to make money, because I, I, I envision guys having signing cards, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like cards, signings, signing jerseys, um, doing, like uh, – appearances you know the, honestly they're gonna have to have representation absolutely um, so that's gonna that's gonna affect um I, I think it's gonna be a lot a lot more business but i think you should have some guidance you know you should have guidance uh when you're when you're dealing with your career why why you know make these kids like just go on go through it by themselves you know when it, with no guidance and, and then they don't come out um as good as they should have or would have, you know, in, in the long run. Um, school is very important, but like who you know and how you conduct yourself and things like that, those those type of things are important too. So when you when you go to these, uh, not business meetings, but business meetings and, you know, meet these certain t- different people, boosters and things like that, like, you know, you just got to give the, the kids this uh, like 50,000 cash, you know, you don't right. just pay, pay them to come to the school. But like when they get there, you know, provide them with opportunity to uh, advance their lifestyle or livelihood, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you, a lot of these kids come from come from uh, pretty poor backgrounds, and you know they 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 they're not like every other student who has you know mom and dad able to afford to send them to school, so they they want for nothing. I mean, even the even right. the guys on and guys and girls on scholarship, you know, they face hardships while they're in school. Right, and even and even if you do have family money, like who doesn't want to? Uh, Oh, absolutely. I mean, all, parents, all, all parents want their kids to to build their own path and, you know, start their own journey, uh, wh- whatever that may be, especially in the workforce or financially. You know, you, you some people can't live off their families forever, but uh, most people want their kid to develop their own career uh, in the first place, you know. Yeah. So it could be it could be a, a large range of things of what they can do. I'm just happy that they're getting the opportunity to be respected as uh very highly contribute very high contributors of you know the sport and the NCAA and I think that also um you know it was like it was an argument or not an argument but football player and basketball players were being weighed down by some of the other low you know budget sports you know that don't get a lot of media attention right so that that one check is spread over every every you know athlete like even though football and basketball make up make up most of the pie you know it, it gets spread everywhere 
I think this helps the the people that are, you know, playing the popular sports that uh that they get to make the money that they're, you know, generating. Right. I mean, yeah, and, and this is a great first step. I just want to see, you know, because it almost seems that they did this to like kind of relieve some of the pressure from, you know, litigation that's, that's that was coming for sure and probably is still. Yeah. I still want to see every single state pass a law the way California did. Just to like kind of like a make sure they don't get out of line. You know what I mean? Like yeah. make sure they go through with their word. Right. You're right. I think Florida, I hope Florida continues their path. You right. Know, uh, to finish through, even though they're working on changing the rules, still, still complete that. And then by the time, you know, if they decide to throw some bullshit in there, then it'll be, you know, too late. You guys already, I've already passed this law. So these, my kids are going to be able to, you know, uh, handle their business. Uh, just some of these other schools are going to have to keep up too. Exactly. All right, man. So again, this weekend, ladies and gentlemen, Oregon state at home, very winnable game, must win game. Gotta get this win. Gotta get it. On Pac-12 Network, ladies and gentlemen, at 1.30 Pacific, or yeah, Pacific time, Mountain Standard time as well. 1.30 p.m., nice little early game. Kick back with uh, a burger and, and, and a nice little soda or beer, whatever you prefer, and uh, yeah. watch the Wildcats right the ship this weekend. That's right. I'm All excited right. to watch. I'm, I'm excited to watch. Oh, me too, man. I'm, 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 I'm hoping for the best. <laughs> Let's just go in there and put on a show, have some fun, and get a W. All right, have some fun. I want to see kids having fun and enjoying, enjoying being at Arizona. It's a great school. 100%. All right. That's going to do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Please remember to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast outlet. You can follow Shaq on social media. Shaq, where you at? Yo, dr 4 underscore Rich, R-I-C-H-H, dr 4 Rich. Hit me up. All right. And I'm on Twitter at E-Law32. It's E-L-A-W-3-2. Thank you for believing. We'll see you guys next time. Go Wildcats. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.